Fall is here, there's a chill in the air, and the Anomaly Film Festival is right around the corner. It's November 8th through the 12th at the Little Theater in Rochester, New York. Check it out at AnomalyFilmFest.com. It's the fifth year of showing the best in independent genre films, action, sci-fi, horror, dark comedy, and really whatever else that you wouldn't get a chance to see on the big screen. It's Anomaly Film Fest at the Little Theater, November 8th through 12th, AnomalyFilmFest.com. Hey guys, welcome to a very special and very interesting episode of View from the Cheap Seats for this week that we are doing a mashup, Jay. We're mashing up with our friends from Punches and Popcorn, a fantastic podcast that we were hip to by Pat and Oswald. We'll say it, he hipped us to you guys. Yeah. And we did yep. an episode of your fantastic podcast where we where broke we, down the movie The Karate Kid. Which we have had stand-up bits about The Karate Kid, but we went so deep and I watched it again <laughs> last week, you guys. And the observation, I forgot who made it. Jason, who, did you who make, made, who who made, made the, the observation that yes, he's in Southern California and yet he's wearing a West Chandler Chargers. San Diego Chargers. <laughs> that was Matt. Yeah. That was totally Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt. I'll take credit for that. Dude, great Unbelievable call. call. So weird. So I highly recommend that it was just a great, great. Which, by the way, you could pawn off on him having a single mother who may not know the <laughs> lay of the land NFL-wise. Or like an uncle who's like, you're going to Southern California. Here, yeah, take, take this, this jersey. jersey. Whatever it was, we got into the weeds in the best possible way of the Karate Kid. <laughs> Your podcast is to take a look at films, uh, films, fighting movies, and movies where fighting exists. There's so many. We're like, like, oh, there's yeah. fighting, like, there's sanction fighting, there's tournament fighting, there's, there's Roadhouse, there's <laughs> right. everything fighting. from Roadhouse to any of the Enter the Dragon like right. Right. karate. Right. So it's fantastic. It's a really cool podcast. So and today we're going to sit down and as a special Thanksgiving episode, uh, we're going to, since we're recording this in advance, we won't know what's happening that week. Uh, we're going to sit down and talk about one of our favorite movies of all time with these guys, My Bodyguard. Uh, a brilliant movie that has a lot of fighting in it. These guys will help us break it. Has some deep. of the most uncomfortable bullying. moments. <laughs> bullying and uncomfortable Fighting moments. with no music underneath. <laughs> I mean, there are those moments were nuts. And so I'm excited to break this down with you. And I hope to our fans, View from the Cheap Seats fans, that you'll you, check out their podcast. And you'll enjoy this as like a little departure from what we normally do. And, and to the Punches and Popcorn fans, maybe this will be your entrance into our podcast world and vice versa so that's why yes. we mash it up we're in rochester doing shows at the fantastic comedy at the carlson all these guys are bringing their wives tonight they're going to see us so we're very grateful that they give us a chance to do this so thank you mike thank you dominic thank you matt thank you jason i'm so happy that we can do this together let's jump in and again we'll just share back and forth we'll take breaks when we can but like let's let's talk about it let's get into it punches and popcorn style all right i like it um you know so usually when we start these conversations about the movies we kind of start with a barometer, right? Like, yeah. uh, kind of what is everybody's feeling of this movie? So, Of the know, movie just in general? Just or? in general. So I know you guys said this is a really so, big thing, a movie from your past. So yeah. you know, maybe what, is it, what so did it mean to you? This was in a, a trilogy. Okay, great question, Mike. This is in a trilogy of, or a trilogy. Oh, it's only two movies. Of two, a two movies. A trilogy of only two <laughs> movies. <laughs> An unfinished trilogy. <laughs> A two-thirds of a trilogy. We're still waiting for the third. third Chris Make Chris Makepeace, who is the star of this movie, who was also <laughs> one of the stars of the great movie Meatballs. He was, oh, yeah. So Fantastic. he got kind of bullied a little bit in Meatballs for not knowing how to play He's soccer. Rudy the Rabbit. Right. Rudy, Rudy the, the Rabbit, Rabbit, the runner. Yeah. 
So his relationship with Bill Murray was obviously a central part of the heart, part of Meatballs. And then he's a Canadian guy who later went on to do work behind the camera and didn't do a lot of adult acting, although he was kind of acting not so much as a tiny child, but as a teenager. And he was great. He was was, subtle. He was wonderful. He he could play, captured that nerdy, put upon, scared, bullied, like uncomfortable that acts. It's not like when they put like a hot woman in glasses and they're like, she's a nerd. No, he literally. You got six weeks to turn her into a hot girl. We'll just take off her glasses and let down her hair. But no, but I mean, his like hair was, didn't you guys agree? Like Matt, Jason, his hair was all wispy and he looked like a nerdy kid. Oh yeah. Yeah, He really He's got Timothy Chalamet energy in this. Yeah, very much. Yes. He's Chalamet it up. He's Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) Yeah. He actually looks the age, too. I find that in a lot yes. of 80s movies, the teenagers look uh, 25. Uh, we were watching the basketball scene from Teen Wolf, and there's the, <laughs> the fat guy from Pee Wee's like, Big Adventure. Yeah, yeah. 40? I'm like, you're older than a coach, bro. You got to be 40 years old, bro. Uh, but yeah, so these kids look and, – and, and Matt Dillon. This was Matt Dillon's – you know, aside from The Outsiders, this was his, like, a pretty big breakout role for him. And he, even though he was the bully – still looked like a young kid. He, he yep. looked like he was 17 or 18. He did, and he yeah. was. So that was one of the things I was surprised. I think we were talking about it uh, before we got rolling here. That uh, The one that stood out to me is Adam Baldwin because as the great uh, Linderman. Ricky Linderman, Linderman. He, uh, one, he literally towers over everybody. Huge. And uh, he just, he looks so much more older. So, yeah. uh, you know, my thought is one, how tall is he actually? Yeah. And two, like, how old is this guy? It looks like he's 40 here. But he um, was. But he's not. He was 18 in this movie. Dylan was 16. I think Make, Make Peace, Peace was, was around. Make Peace how was old, 16 as well. How yes. old, he was how 16 old, as well. How old was the kid who was uh, his best friend? The one guy who befriended him? That guy who was red oh, kid the, who stuck the his... The guy that talked like this. Oh, yeah. 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 Jade, you got that? Talk to, and he had his stuck <laughs> his... Yeah, he was, four, he was 14. That right. kid was 14. Yeah. So that kid was like kid. little and he was kind of funny and dry. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad making and the fun only of him movie he's <laughs> ever been in. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the only movie he's yeah. ever been in. I mean, he has really. one credit on IMDb. Yeah, that he was good too. He was, yeah, was good. That, was. Stuff. that was. and a ton of stuff. His booger porn. speech had me rolling. <laughs> His booger speech, yes, really, really funny. He the was booger really, speech is classic. I that's probably what he auditioned with to get so, that role. But oh but, yeah. Didn't that's you how get, he landed the role. Yeah, well, that's it. He but picked, then we also forget that as far as comedy is concerned, Martin Mull plays his father, his oh, divorced yeah. father, oh, yeah. who runs the hotel, which uh, I believe is the Chicago It's the Ambassador Hotel, hotel. but it became yeah. Chicago Public, Public House, House, which is very special to us because really? that's when Jay and I did our show, um, the United Stats of America on the History Channel. Oh, yeah. They, we did some shooting in Chicago. And, at the rail yards, and they put us up at the public house and they said this is used to be the famous ambassador hotel yep. the pump room there are all these photos in the restaurant of what the pump room the used basement to be. used to be the oh, pump wow. room or maybe it was downstairs no, no, it was the restaurant the restaurant and they would have the what was amazing about the pump room is that every booth at the pump room had a telephone, telephone. really so you could just make phone calls at, that was like the oh, thing interesting. So there's pictures of like eddie murphy <laughs> on the telephone like the frank pump. warren Beatty on the telephone <laughs> talking to a 14 really? year old girl so you know whatever he was whatever Beatty does uh, but 
the, <laughs> but the notion that like so and and then when we came back and shot our stand-up special at the at Lincoln Hall that wound up being on stars our last stand-up special uh we stayed there and our mom stayed there we like stayed at the it's so this great so this hotel. hotel is one that we love so like oh, we nice. have like true you know I don't know we have just like like, like it, it it's close to our heart and then you know Ruth Gordon also played his grandmother so Martin Mull's like sex crazed mother <laughs> well that was going to yes. be my next question is when you were at the restaurant enjoying the telephones did you get propositioned by, by Ruth Gordon, Gordon. So I mean, she, she was hanging out me tooing people left and right like, also she was like gropier than Harvey Weinstein I'm like, like what are you doing lady? reprising her role in Harold and Maude where she basically like, as a yeah. holocaust survivor groomed a 17 year old kid like no one talks about that in any way shape or form they have sex whatever point is like, it's spoiler just beautiful alert. it's yeah, just beautiful it's wonderful she let her hair down but I mean she was going at it and so it, that was just a funny Martin Mall playing like a perfect if you look at like that movie then for him to get Mr. Mom a couple years later yep. and do like the pretentious asshole that he was in that movie right. but he was great here in that he had to try and keep his mom in check while also trying to keep the kid where Happy like where's the mom connected. did the right. mother die I don't know if what happened to the mother I can't, did what they say they, I, think I don't there believe was, so yeah no they said the mother died that's yeah. what yeah. I thought there was some dialogue yeah. in there about it so the but, fact, but so, what I want to know okay. is how did Martin Mall have the juice to get the special appearance by I missed that credit in movies like he had special appearance by because Martin Mall. Like, he was he had some TV credits before this. Sure, Fernwood, Fernwood tonight, which was... he did with Fred Willard, which was unbelievable. Which was a fake talk uh, show. I okay. mean, anything with God, Fred it was just is... brilliant. That Fernwood tonight. Go back and watch episodes of that. Really, oh, really funny and fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and uh, um, uh, Martin Mull was the host, and um, Fred Willard. Fred Willard played the dumb sidekick, sidekick and was <laughs> so funny. It's like a late night talk show in this little town. Very, very funny. And uh, he, yeah, he was someone who had sort of appeared in a bunch of movies movies he was a figure who i think elevated as far as this movie is concerned yeah. like him and ruth gordon oh, yeah. were the two biggest names in this right, movie none right. of these they kids had the clout were, right yeah well it's like this movie is almost entirely a movie that it takes place in the world of kids yes other than like there's the teacher that's kind of there i, I can't even remember you know, the teacher yeah i can't remember this to give yeah. she basically gives a little bit of exposition for uh I mean, for Ricky there, but otherwise it's just Linderman. Linderman. Yeah, she gives oh, yeah. a backstory, yeah. and, and it's, she gives the Linderman backstory. But, but that's about it. And then when Moody like tries to, uh, she has the little exchange with him about. Oh yeah, what, and he's like, he tries to like whole, hit on her, right? And then he's like, just yeah, call, just call me Big M. Just yeah. call me Big M. But there is also the <laughs> moment where the teachers and the adults were very absent in the world, and that created the sense of as a viewer. I remember as a kid watching this, fear for the main character for Chris Makepeace's character right. because you're like, no one's going to come and save this kid. When they're all stuck in the bathroom and he's in the bathroom and he gets right. stuck in there with them and they're throwing the toilet paper against the wall and you're oh, like, yeah. these are just bad kids. And you're like, oh my yeah. God, he is screwed. 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 He right. is screwed. No teacher is going to come to save him. Yep. Nobody's going to take care of him. He is screwed. And that feeling yes. of fear for him, in it, it actually justifies his desire to get someone to kick this other guy's ass <laughs> right which right. is kind of i love how simple the movie is right the movie is i got bullied i'm gonna go find this other misfit and right. together like a wild card i'm gonna get him to fight this guy that's kid logic right right and i find this movie to be i um 
Because I know it came out in what nineteen eighty, so I feel like yeah. the eighties. Mm-hmm. Watching it now, I've never seen it before. Yeah. Uh, we decided to do this. Right. Um, I watched the movie and I was like, okay, this is. My first thought is this is kind of derivative, but then I realized this came before Everything. all the movies I was thinking. Yes. Of. Right. right. They are and derivative. I, it's of like this. a proto yeah, derivative right. movie. Right. Yeah, and I find it, and I found it to be actually more grounded because I find in a lot of eighties teen movies, and we talked about it with Karate Kid, how the characters become a little cartoony. Yeah. And they become a little like um, good yeah. and evil. Yeah. I found the bully. I mean, Matt Dillon was not a nice kid, but he was still a kid. And I'm like, okay, this this is, and like you saw his insecurities. You saw the fact that he was, you know, he's a bully, but he's not like just this one dimensional Stephen King style bully. That's just evil. So in the same way of like the bad news bears, they spoiler alert, lose the game. They lose the championship (laughs) game. Like it was in the 1980s. You could have good Bad things happen to good people, and yep. yeah, like the kid gets hit by his dad, and then and then you're like, oh my god, we're even out of this game now. At this point, this game doesn't mean that was bad anymore. news bears, but you know, it it did yeah. to me. 1980 was as much a part of the set, the end of the 70s, and this movie feels gritty oh, like yeah. a 1970s. Well, I mean, movie. the scene, the scene, it really does. The scenes in this movie are the scene where they connect and they sort of walk through the streets of Chicago and they're well, he looking, follows them on the subway. He follows them on the subway and he follows them to all this part and they're looking for this one part for his motorcycle. Yeah. And they find it in the junkyard together. Right. And they're just wandering the streets of Chicago, right. two kids alone. And it's uh, there's something so beautiful. The movie takes its time. It lets that happen. It's yeah, it's just like you don't see like films that take their time. Also, like that finding anymore. the part for the motorcycle right. is just enough to get Linderman on your side. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like right. it right. again. Right. And it's a metaphor for e- each of them. They were looking the for, a for the missing, missing part. piece yeah. right. of their right. lives. It was a metaphor that was beautiful. It's good filmmaking. But tenuous. But it's tenuous. interesting too. Like I don't know Chicago. Uh I've never been actually. I really want to go. I've heard We've been a lot because we grew awesome up in St. Louis. Oh, so right. So we were literally great. just there a few weeks ago. Oh man. I've heard it's a great city. It's an awesome city. But I found an article, I think it was on uh A V Club, and they were talking about uh about this movie and they're like, This really calls back to a certain time in North Chicago. Yeah. And like they talked about all this stuff that for some of those scenes like you're talking about with those neighborhoods, and they're like, Well, this is kinda like what it was like back then in the eighties, so there's this idyllic part. Uh, this is where they talked about like oh kind of the rough neighborhood I think is like 13th Ave or something where Linderman lives and now They're it's like, all well, gentrified. If, well, they said if you know the city like it's a really long way like Lincoln Park where they have all the park scenes. They're like that isn't really close to where this is. Right. They're like so if you're from you kind of know like eh, well they had to like put this in there. They but, fudged it a little bit. Right. They but, fudged the reality. But it's cool. I like something like that when a city. One I like when they set it in a city and they make it authentic so that like if you know the city it feels there and it's not like. Yep. Like movies that are set in London that like blast London calling in your yeah, face. I know. You're and like, then show the like the Tims <laughs> and yes, like, like, okay, I get it. We we're get in it. London. We're in like, London. Yeah. Like, you know, this didn't have some guy going like, I need a sausage. Yeah. Like no, five minutes into the bears. It. No, I mean, <laughs> the I love that stuff too. I mean, what's crazy is I was watching a movie. I was watching Greece the other day and the, the high school that where they do the, the famous scene at the end with the, you know, the, where she becomes a whore to appease him. <laughs> and then they get into a car Such and a drive off into space. Into space. <laughs> that high school is the high school that my kids, neither of them go 
to that one because right. one goes down and whatever. Yeah. But, they, they, but that is the one in our neighborhood. That is the oh, one cool. that like our all the neighborhood kids go to. And so like I watched wow. it now and I look at that scene, the yeah, womp yeah. bomb a loop up, a womp bam boom. And all of it is like, oh, I know that hill. Right, and I, right. So, like, that in a bad way took me completely out of Greece. I'm like, Greece took place in another planet. Like, Greece <laughs> right. can't take place where, like, my Gelson's shopping center is. Like, <laughs> right, right, I right. Can't, no, you can't. It does feel like a science fiction. For right? Sure. It feels like it took place in just another, because it's but a period. This, this feels like very much, this movie, My Bodyguard, feels like of a very different time. They so, took its time. I would say, you know, in this in a similar way because I would love to check the date on this. My guess is 82, but uh Tom Cruise um what's the one where he's the risky business? Risky business is like I want 81 or 82. Is 81 or 82? It might be a little later. That was Chicago. That's Chicago in 83. 83. 83. So yeah. Chicago was in the 80s a lot because of all those uh 16 candles and yep. all the John Hughes all the John, all the John Hughes movies. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, all Breakfast those Club. Breakfast Club. Those were all like Chicago It was. Movies. Yeah. Of course, Brexit, so Chicago right. became like the home base for high school. Mm-hmm. It did. Well, that was. It's yeah. funny. I'll tell people. So I'm uh, sports wise. I'm a Blackhawks fan. Are you really? And the reason I am is because of '80s and '90s. So much stuff was set in Chicago that, like, you know, they, like Wayne's World. You know, they play. Sure. They one. They're standing yeah. donuts, sure. but then they're playing in the street with that. And Hockey. Like, there's just a lot of things. Like Chicago was the place. But in the, the craziest thing about that 90s. is that Cameron. Not to get too far off. But Cameron's wearing a Gordy Howe. He's wearing Gordy Howe Detroit, Detroit Red Same conference. <laughs> so that was the north. The the north. The, It'd be like if yeah. if a if a if a right. movie took place in like a Bronx tale and someone's wearing a Carl Yastrzemski jersey. They're like, what are you doing? No, you can't wear a Jim Rice jersey. Or you're in L.A. and wearing a West Chandler jersey. That's right. Or you're in L.A. Wearing <laughs> yeah. We bring it full circle. Thank that's you, sense. Mike. Uh, I just, to me, also, go ahead. Go ahead, you guys. Go ahead. I was going to say, honest truth, I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan because of Cameron Fry, and I have a Basson <laughs> hound named Gordy Howell. Uh, so that will tell you everything you need to know about me. So that's, that's great. But I do think there's a real authenticity to this movie. Like, yeah. When Jay says taking their time, and I don't know if you guys felt this way too, but like there are just scenes when he's riding the subway. It's like almost, I wish these movies like this were shown to kids who are trying to become filmmakers today to be like, look, yeah. you don't have to fill it with a bunch of dialogue. There's just a scene where he, just several scenes where he is trying to follow this kid who doesn't want to be followed by right. him and that they're just going through the street and in that moment of a kid who doesn't want to be followed and another kid who's trying to follow him because he needs something and he doesn't want to give it to him to me is like as compelling as just a well you, and, and you can right. almost see the mapping out of the movie okay yeah. boy moves to new school is nervous about it boy gets into a tough situation doesn't realize it gets bullied really bad and now hates new school right boy sees another guy as his only way out and then the second act is him having to track him down and getting him to agree to do it. When he finally agrees to do it, he's on top of the world. He's Everything's on. great because he's now bully the bully. But then the other guy in an arms race gets his own bodyguard. And Who, then, how old was that guy right, at yeah, the time? Yeah, I, I, I want to talk about be. that. I want to so, talk yeah. about this. What kind of morally bankrupt person? Someone who needs money. Clearly in their like, 35 like years 35 old. 35 years old. If a high school kid walks up to you and goes, hey, man. I'm going to pay you to be my bodyguard. And he's like, oh, sure. But you have to beat, beat up, up someone else. 
Okay. He's a in high school. But he's also in high school. Yeah. He's a high schooler, right? <laughs> it's like, what kind of person does that? It was awful. So, and, and, and go ahead. And he, sh- so he should have one optimum and brought George Went as his next bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> That's his well, bodyguard. The, the funny thing is, when you're watching the credits at the end, they group them between the kids and the adults. Dude, I totally and noticed that. Is one of the kids. Yeah, they, I'm like, that is not a kid. I, know, I think he's someone's older brother. I think I think he's very much someone's older brother, right. like a friend's right. older brother. That was the reality I wanted to give it because that did almost not make sense. But the fact right. that he was Where did bald, this guy come from? didn't he have like a towel around his neck? Oh, like he had in a his shirt. Yeah, yeah, he had what a you, look going on. Yeah. Right. He was wearing right. a tank top. He looked like, you know, he came from a, like a boxing gym in, in a bad neighborhood. Right, right. either right. just came from a boxing gym or a place that only has like three free weights right, that's right, your gym right. <laughs> and, wood, and, rusty, and, that, and that thing that weight. goes around your waist and just jiggles <laughs> like what are you working out on and he sits down afterwards in one of those little boxes with his head <laughs> and it's right. steamy uh, yeah but so that is a character and that fight scene that initial fight scene alright so, so if we're getting into the fight scenes the first fight scene is the one that he, where he's bullied in the in the uh, in the bathroom, right? Right, right. So mm-hmm. and ex, refresh me because it's been a little bit since I've watched that. But does someone's head go in the toilet? No. Oh, so that's where you no. thought it was going to go, but right. they yeah. instead gave us the joy of the uh, water and pee cup. Oh yeah, where Dylan goes oh, yeah, in. Yeah, there was the coffee cup. cup of urine. Right, and he's gonna. They also like... weaponized toilet paper, which I thought oh, was yeah. crazy. So there's mean... a lot of they giant spitballs, yeah. basically. Yeah. Right, but it's yeah. like you're yeah. saying, there's great tension that he's just talking to him casually, and all of us know, like you've undergone any sort of bullying, you're like, oh, this guy isn't trying to be nice. Like no. he's, you know, you're just waiting for it. And then when he's talking to him, they just keep whipping those. Which so to me were kind of reminiscent of the scene in Boogie Nights when he's getting the cocaine from Alfred Molina's and they're like dropping, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> dropping, yes. you know what I mean? Dropping Fire, firecrackers yeah, sure, left sure. and right. Like exactly, the, yeah. yes. There are moments in my life when my, I have an English bulldog who's almost who's 12 years old and when he just, there are moments where he just barks. He'll just like bark and then a few minutes go by and then bark again and like you don't know when it's coming and you're trying to have a conversation with someone and he's barking and it's like the scene from Boogie Nights and I'm like, huh, oh, yeah. I literally turn to my wife and I'm like, just get the cocaine and let's get out of here. Let's <laughs> run. Right, right, right. Run. Let's go. Let's so get out of here. Maybe they got that. You get know, John uh, C. Riley and take off. Yeah. P.T. Anderson. Maybe this was an inspiration. So for he not. So he knocks the pee onto uh, uh, back on to back onto Dylan, yeah. and then he's dug. He digs himself a deep. What does he hole. want him to drink it or wants to pour he it on? Him. Well, I think he says he wants to, him to drink it. Well, I think I think. Well, he's he did, trying to yeah. extort him, and then he's like, "Give me money," and he's like, "Give me your no. lunch money," and he's like, "We'll drink this." So basically, he's saying, "This is what's going to happen to you." You if you don't pay us. By the way, the no and I don't think there's any music in this moment. Am I right? Like yeah, the, yeah, no. and that's actually something right. something we noticed and I thought was genius. Um, I found that music. the fight scenes and I found that the bullying scenes, the scenes where there was tension and uh, would would or do accumulate into violence are very focused in. And there's no music, None. which 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 reminds you of like a real altercation. Because oh when God, you think it about it, real. the world actually gets really small when yeah. you fight someone, even yes. in like sparring or a controlled environment. It feels very small. It shrinks in because you're only focusing on your opponent. You're not looking around at anything else. And I feel like they work that really well. There's no yeah. music. There's no external sounds. It's just. I need to figure out what I'm going to do in this situation. And I think they did that really well. So he's like, here, drink it or drink it. He's like handing it to him, like pushing it to him. And you're like, 
the the tension you feel of yeah. like is this kid the, the I hopelessness remember the, the you first feel time for this I kid. felt I'm like this kid's gonna have to drink pee he's gonna have to drink <laughs> toilet water it was like this is happening it was, this isn't even happening. a desert it's no. traumatic it's no. shocking so then when he knocks it, it on him that's what we consider as the first fight and then does he get yeah. out of there or yeah no? he, he runs, runs out, out he knocks through somebody yeah, and in. runs out right and, and the car picks him up right right yeah, yeah. his limo his limo yes. Always a good thing. And he has to lie about it being okay. And he has to like, you know, he's having trouble and he can't really communicate that to his dad who helped him get into this school and and wants things to be okay. So he's got a secret that he has to like hold inside of him. He does. But his dad finds out, because remember there's the, which I think probably feels really, I know it definitely reminded me of things when I was a kid. Where his dad calls the school, yeah, and right. I, any kid knows, well, this isn't going to work. That's yeah. not going to help me. And the principal it's only gonna has escalate. that, yeah. like, okay, you boys have learned your lesson. No more of that. Like, yeah, that's yes, going to work. Right. Yeah, and it's isn't a, like sure, Matt sure. Dillon like totally like, yes, sir, whatever right, exactly. you say. He's like really right, nice. Yes, yes, and I'm like, right. don't believe that. Right, right. He's being not not. But, but again, me. that falls into the realism of how they're going for real right. in this thing. They really are trying to, you know, capture the fact that. They want you to feel like Chris Makepeace and be like, wait, he's got no one's going to come save him. He has to right. come up with a solution. He has to come up with a way. Right. He's about How did he? And he's got A-list. Go yeah, ahead. he's got A-list Matt Dillon energy against him. So it's like, like it's a very good foil because, you know, we know who Matt Dillon's going to become. And you can you just feel like he's oh, yes. you know, not, not to like praise Matt Dillon enough, but he's sort of like a step above what's going on in the movie. So it's, it's a really good uh, nemesis. Yeah, oh, Matt great Dillon nemesis. is, he's such a good, like, teenage actor. I, I can't oh, What even... a great name, Moody. <laughs> Moody. Right? Yeah. yeah. Moody. That's who's Moody's bike. And yeah. he takes his bike. I really, Moody. I really, I really liked how he did it because I felt like this is a kid. Like, and I, I said it a bit before, but I, I didn't feel, I felt like he had his own insecurities. If, like, when, when he was, you know, when, you know, Adam Baldwin came in. He's like, oh, I can't harass this kid anymore. He was embarrassed, and I could feel his embarrassment. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt a little bit of sympathy yeah. for him. And I was like, okay, you know, he's a kid, so it hurts him inside, and it makes the character. And I think Matt Gives did depth. a wonderful job at doing that. Because he's an unbelievable like, like, actor. Yeah, oh, and yeah. I can believe that Sold that it. kid, Moody... And like twenty years later, would be a normal person and just be like, ah, I was have kind regrets. Of a, yeah, have I regrets. was kind of a dick. Sure. Right. You know, your twenty year reunion, be like, hey man, I'm sorry about that. Like that's the kind of character I feel. And, and you know the depth they go into the the history and the backstory of Adam Baldwin's oh, character, right. of Linderman, of his brother. Yeah. His younger brother, former right. younger brother, finding the gun, and he was supposed to be watching him, and like yeah, that, that's that all so dark. So well, dark. It's dark, but it's like in this moment, and there's no way, there's no way, uh, Chris Makepeace's character could have understood this right. because he just didn't know this stuff. But in that moment, he failed to take care of his son. So when he or his brother, when he asked him to take care of him, who he's like a little brother to him, right. it's like he's asking him to do the thing to make up for the mistake that he won't let himself, you know. And so he's right. he's giving him a chance to make up for it, right. which is kind of like a, a shot at redemption for this guy. It's just fascinating. It's like it to me. I didn't even realize that layer of it. Right, and he's yeah, such a tragic character. Like, I, like you know. Yeah. So, so the first fight scene between you know 
what is his name? Mike? The, the Oh, the yeah, Mike's the other guy. Yeah, so Mike, the, yeah. You know yeah, what? Let's, Mike. Here's what we're going to do for our podcast, for purposes of our podcast. Let's take a break. When we come okay. back, we come back, we're going to totally now talk about getting to the fight scenes, which of there there are two big ones. There are two, right? The, there are two yeah. for the rest of the thing. We'll take yeah. this next segment and we'll talk all about the very – when. When Moody comes back to the park with his guy with the towel around his neck, he just came from the three dumbbell uh, gym. And all that <laughs> this is View for the Cheap Seats. We're with the punches and popcorn guys. Check out their podcast. We'll talk about that when we come back from the break. We'll be right back. Here we take a trip into the underground. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, to follow Punches and Popcorn, uh, there follow them on Twitter. You guys are on Twitter as yep. long as Twitter's still around. I mean, it may be gone. Like three more weeks until yeah, Elon Musk ruins it. Uh, <laughs> right. You guys are also on Instagram. At we are punches. both of them. Yep. Punches in. That's punches in. in, in, in yeah. And yeah, popcorn. All right, and both, and just go ahead and subscribe to that podcast. It's really great. It, 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 you guys, it'll scratch an itch in you that is definitely tangential to what we do on our podcast as well. Uh, all right, so let's get into these. Let's see if we can't take. So the you. first fight scene, Dominic, you were starting to break it down. Let's get into yeah. it. Yeah. Well, well. So before we even talk about the what happens in it, I found it even more tragic. That he didn't want to fight. That Adam Baldwin's character, Linderman, didn't want to Me fight. Me too. Yeah, because I felt like he was like, I deserve this. Right. And that's all I could see. Mm -hmm. is like he's sitting there. He's like, I could probably take this guy. But you know what? I hate myself right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And there were hints that yeah. he was suicidal at times. I'm like, what happened to your wrist? I'm like, oh, right. come on. You yeah. know, so it's like. I mean, there's yeah. that and, and the idea that like. Like just the way, he, the, the again, the lack of music, right. and the way he yes. kind of grabs yes. his hand and like Mike huh? is like this. You like this or what? What's he right. saying to him? Yeah. Is, is yeah. This, what about huh? Yeah. What huh? about this? What about, what about that? This? What about this? Yeah, yeah. It's like, and it's just like, and he's just like, Take I don't it. like this, but oh, I deserve so un, to it, feel bad. It was, it was so, so uncomfortable. But but it really yeah. showed the he did such a good job. I mean, it, it too was bad he's turned into such a douchebag of a guy. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, Baldwin! Unfortunately, is literally yeah. like one of the worst people. Ever. It's like when your last name uh, is Baldwin. Is Bald he? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, he's uh, terrible. Uh, he basically so, invented Gamergate. Like he yeah, so basically, he basically oh said like girls can't do video games, and you're like, don't ever start a statement with girls can't do. Just Yikes. don't like even if you. It's like Alec Baldwin killed someone, and he's better than you. Exactly. <laughs> right? He shot someone on a movie set, and I'd rather hang out with him than and I also, would. Also, he's with not. You. I, so I was certain always that he was a Baldwin brother, but he is not. He's no, not a Baldwin he's, brother. He's, he's, no. just he's a, a relative, though. No, I don't think. Uh, according oh, to the fine folks at Wikipedia, he is I not. googled it. He googled it. Oh, this is Google versus Wiki. There's a Google versus Wiki right. fight. That was the fourth fight of this movie. Google <laughs> versus. Let Wiki. me just say that they they share the common Baldwin ancestry going back to the 1600s in England. Wow. Oh, so right. that well, fighting uh, words. You know, that, we often say in punches and popcorn that if we. Uh, if we state it as a fact, it then becomes it fact. becomes fact. And, well, uh, maybe I'll have to pay podcast law number one for that to be verified. But I'll pay the eight bucks. <laughs> I mean, did you guys, Jason and Matt, did you guys feel like the lack of music in that scene at the park bench and when he's like pulling his hand down and just that's so tough now, huh? Yeah, that's so tough, tough now. now. You're not so tough now. It's like so that is like uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, lots of. I feel like there's sure. lots of great film and television that the lack of music really shows the skill. Totally. Of the director. Absolutely. So, like, um, my favorite scene in Jurassic Park is the one where the Tyrannosaurus is 
there's, there's a point to this. Trust me. The Tyrannosaurus <laughs> is attacking the car, right? Right, right? And the kids are in the car. I don't know if you noticed. There's no music. It's just raindrops, yeah. kids screaming, it's and perfect. a giant dinosaur. And it's I'm perfect. like, yeah. this is really, really scary. And hitting. I'm like, and then when the music kicks in, I'm like, okay, I got taken out of it. And Spielberg knew that. He knew that he was trying to create that tension. And also, I feel like great TV shows like Breaking Bad has very little music. Very little it. music in it. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like it really... I feel like, you know, yes. I love music can be a character. Music can add to a movie, totally. but music can also distract you. And I yeah. feel like in this, they wanted you in it. They wanted you to feel, uh, not to be entertained. They wanted you to feel this. Or it's a crutch. Like, Randy and I often say, like, if if we have a scene in, or something where, we're, where they want quick timing between us in movies that we've been in and TV mm-hmm. shows... And they're we like, can do you do want it? singles? Do you want to do singles? We're like, nope, put do us it on in a, a two shot. Because we can nail this. We can get the whole thing. And we need to show that we did it all in one take. Like, right. we'll give you right. fast. Like, we'll get it as fast as you need it to be. But sometimes, you're going to slow it down by trying to cut singles. Sometimes when right. they cut to speed things right. up, it kind of, you know, sometimes that feels like a crutch. So I agree with yeah. you. I think the music. But I'm curious is... to hear, Jason, Matt, what do you guys think? So I think the. The interesting piece, because I agree with you completely, the way it drops out, it, it absolutely adds to that kind of horror and dread and, and all that. I, But I, I think the interesting thing is that the music in the film itself is usually pretty bouncy and kind of high up, right? Yeah. So it, it it almost sounds like 70s calm music, right? Yeah, or 80s, because right. it's pretty synthy. It's Dave Grusin did the music, and he did yep. a bunch of stuff. The music for, like, Lucas. He did a bunch of jazz records that are I mean, fantastic. Dave, didn't he do a record uh, with... Like a, uh, with uh, Jerry Garcia, I believe Dave Grusin did. did. Yeah. yeah, and he has he has yeah. an Academy Award. He has numerous nominations and wow, yeah, he's, he's worked with everybody. Right, right. James Taylor is a big one. He did all the the Christmas albums with with James Taylor. He he did you know stuff with Quincy Jones. So he he's like a name amongst names. But when you look at what he does, everything else is pretty you know. It, it feels like a bouncy family yeah I agree dramedy or, or something like that and then you get to these one of one of these moments and the music drops and it's just dead silent and you just get these moments of horror for, oh, for yeah. Chris make oh my god it, it's, right. it's dread, so effective dread for that kid and dread and like Jay said you're like ain't no ain't no adult coming right right you really yeah. do feel like this is going to be decided by these kids in these moments. And you're like the one lifeline he had the one, like he did it. That's what a movie is supposed to do. You know, right. you, it, you think about the classic three act structure, you know, act one inciting incident. He knocks the pee on so-and-so when he's in the, he just starts a war that he starts a war that he did, that he's not prepared to fight. Right. And just by sticking up for himself in that one situation, he did the only by thing. By doing could, what was right, but doing something that no one else has yeah, done is standing right. up to this kid. So that's right. an inciting incident. Then that launches you into act two. Act two is him searching for a way out of it. He finds it at the midpoint yep. and he gets this guy on board to do yep. it. Yep. And the guy's on board and they then have a moment where they defeat him. In another moment, his bodyguards are in front of everyone, embarrasses him, and you're like, he's got it. He's made it through. That's how we're supposed to feel as we head towards the end of Act 2. Then at the end of Act 2, you've got the lowest point, the darkest moment, which is this guy in the arms race levels up, and now... He's crushed. Does and he take? No he, take Lindem- he takes Lindemann's motorcycle. motorcycle. The right. motorcycle he's been. He does. So right. now, not only Dumps it in the lake. 
dumps it, pushes it in the lake. Yeah, that's right. Dude, so, that is so vicious. And it's oh, so yeah. heartbreaking because so you know cruel. you, you know, know how how important the one piece was. Mm -hmm. And you know the history of building that Mike motorcycle with his bro dead right. brother. Right. So he's looking mm -hmm. for this piece. It matters to him. So now not only has because Chris Makepeace's character, who I I keep wanting to call him Rudy, and it's not Rudy in this movie. It's it's something else. Does anyone something remember? Peach? So they yeah because Clifford his name's Clifford, Clifford which Peach. is just Clifford name. Peach. Clifford yeah. Peach. So Clifford, because Clifford looped Linderman in, now he's not only ruined his own life. He's now lost something deep and important to him as well because of it right. and, and now he and, feels worse and cliff is responsible for right it. so they both are lower than they've ever been and that's the beginning of the third act and that is perfect filmmaking right and it, what's nice is i think that allows for uh, clifford's character to kind of reflect a little bit because in a way everyone is using linderman like linderman is like he's yeah, he's like a legendary, mythical, like, mythical, like cr lunatic. Right, and then you know Clifford's like, okay, I'm going to use this guy to help me, and then they become friends. And then when he and then when Linderman clearly isn't up to the task, that's the moment when they could have been like, dude, you were supposed to protect me and you didn't, but he's still stuck with him. And I feel like that that's a nice yeah. growth yeah. period. Sure, but he also yeah. lost his motorcycle. Yeah. 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 Now I'd like to add yeah. though one of the one of the few adults that is effective here in multiple ways in the same area. Ruth Gordon saves the day. Like on one hand, we get the really nice scene where she's like doing his palm reading, yeah, or something. Yeah. So she gives him that the whole thing, like, which feels like, like she's drunk to... as she's doing. <laughs> well, you oh, know, for sure. A, is this like a Miyagi moment? I, that's another yeah, discussion. Exactly. But she, you know, she's building him up that she's like, you have an intellectual life, sure. and all that stuff, like. Talking about him and praising him in ways that clearly did no she one say he's done. gonna be like a ladies man or something, something in there too? Like, like yeah, she, she was definitely yeah. loaded during you know, that. Yeah. You know how you say like, your maybe even the actress hot. was loaded, yeah. Yeah. right? And then I like yeah, that she... older actors as soon as they win the Oscar and they're that age, they just phone it in, like, but yeah, in the loaded, best way possible. In the best way, yeah. And then she saves the <laughs> the weird uh, subplot with the. Uh, I don't know Frank Grimes like character that is trying. Oh, that to was great. Yes, by the hotel. Fired and yeah. you know by her magic power of flirting, she. Oh yeah, she yeah. she saves the day. That's a superpower. She uses grandma sluttiness to like <laughs> saves the day. It's like I just need a break. I'm not tired. I feel like a lot of the levity in this movie is actually the hotel her. scene. I sure. feel like Fair. I feel like it isn't just a random. They're like, oh, oh yeah. well, what makes the movie stand? We'll put it in a hotel. They use that to create levity and take away from the, what what we've been talking about the very yeah, the, intense the break from the tension i feel yeah. like there's a dichotomy between high school which is clearly a war zone and then the hotel where they have these funny shenanigans you got drunk old ladies you yeah. got this nerdy <laughs> guy trying to with a poorly attempted coup yeah you got the you got all kinds of craziness going on they're looking at girls across the street like it's it's oh yeah the family like, peeping tom there's a oh, yeah. oh yeah that is like that, that was so last. creepy yeah. yes yes but, but what what a weird bonding moment between father and son when they're fighting over the telescope like uh, it's super creepy, but they sort of made it charming in the. In, that's kind all I have to of, say. Oh, kind of. I mean, like no, again, the like dad's it, like, I need this more because I'm older. Like uh, it's creepy, but the, there's two are pulling it off because your mom died. I need this more. You're like, all right, easy, all right, uh, right. Come on. So hey, at least dad seems like he's clearly picking up the one guest towards the end of the movie when she's checking yes, out. She's, yes. So yes. Lin, so Lindemann doesn't really. It's not. It's a fight. In certain ways, yeah. but he doesn't fight back, so we don't know what the 
We so don't. it's good that it's not revealed what Linderman could do. And you felt, Dominic, that he, that in that scene, he could have kicked his ass, but he felt like he deserved it. He just decided to take yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like, you that know, because the whole yeah. time he's there, he just has this frustrated look oh, on his face. Oh, he's looking down at the table yeah. when he's messing with his hand. You know, yeah. Like but you said this guy was tough. I thought you said this guy was tough. Not I tough. mean, he is tough. He's willing to get his butt kicked because he hates himself. Like, mm-hmm. that is. That is toughness. <laughs> that is true right. toughness. Right. Yeah, like, I don't know who yeah. you calling out, yeah. Mike. Right. Like, Mm-hmm. But I mean, where do you assume Moody found Mike? Like, where? Because we do, we're joking about this, but where do you find that guy? That's such a good question. I don't want to know. I, I say know. it's an older brother. I think it's an older brother of a friend or like Cousin. a neighborhood guy. Cousin. Hey, hey you want to you want to make some money? Yeah. You want to make some money and go bully this kid? The guy's like, yeah, I got nothing. Who has better. free time to hang out with high schoolers waiting for the bullying? Just gonna I think do two is, sets uh, of traps, he's and I'll be right there. The bad side of the Matthew McConaughey character from Days and Confused, right? Yeah. But there's always that like thirty-year-old okay. that really wants to be around the high school girls, and this is just yeah. like and his... yeah. Sometimes they're charming, like Matthew McConaughey, but I think most of the time they're sleazy. Well, maybe his life like is guy. just a load of L's, like a string of L's, and he just needs <laughs> yeah. a W. He needs it, and he's like, <laughs> right? "All right, so I can get into this." A minor. <laughs> he's like. <laughs> His speech is like, I keep getting older, and they keep getting the same age. Yeah, they keep staying the same age. I can pound the hell out of them. But, all right, so so that moment where you're really down in this movie, and you're like, well, how is he going to get back? It's not like you can, it's not like he can talk to the principal and say, right. hey, this guy's bodyguard beat up the, right. my, the right. guy I hired to beat him up and embarrass mm-hmm. him. So he's stuck. He's, you you do get this sense that it is over for him. He is, which by the way, is far deeper than any high school movie ever goes. Oh yeah, it's over. Sure. It's over, and now he is going to be subject to a worse hell than had he not right. dumped the piece on him poked, in the first case, in poked, the first place. Poke right. the bear, you know. Yeah, yeah if you, the mustard and ketchup condiments. Yeah, I was like, oh man, oh, maybe. So yeah. great. I don't know if that was necessary, but it's awesome. It's awesome because you're like, that's <laughs> right. digging the hole deeper. Yeah. That's making it painting mm-hmm. yourself into a corner where mm-hmm. you're like, if this doesn't work, then you're toast. Wait, when did yeah. he do? Like, so, so that was, was when Linderman was like at his side and next to him, and, and he just threw, squirted the mustard. Yeah, in. so it was. Great scene. So I remember the he scene because it made me think of the, the Halloween dance scene in Karate Kid. Yeah. I'm like, he just went out of his way to antagonize yeah. those guys. But in this movie, it was intentional then he brought them into the alley and that's where they came face to face with linderman and he's like guess who's with me now that's right we're in the karate kid he was just let's give them a reason to kick my ass right i mean that was pretty quite the escalation it is quite the escalation and you better hope linderman's still there in the alley right (laughs) that was a leap of faith and he was he delivered he trusted him in that way to quote marv from home alone he's a kid Kids are stupid. Kids are stupid. <laughs> All right, that's a great way, place to take another break. We're going to take yeah, another break. Take a break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss, like, the crazy end two fights. Because it's one fight, and then it's another fight. Double but fight, yeah. Double yeah. fight. It's going on simultaneous. Uh, this is a very special Thanksgiving. I hope you broke my nose. Okay, stop. <laughs> you broke my nose. Stop. That was, so, and that, that was a post-cursor to the Brady Bunch. Oh, my nose. Oh, my nose. Marsha gets a football in the face. We're with the Punches and Popcorn guys. Uh, again, check their podcast out. We'll uh, come back right after this break. Hey, guys.
guys, welcome back to the show. We are with the great popcorn, uh, punch, punches and popcorn guys. Uh, it, check their podcast out. They discuss everything. Like, tell them what some of the other movies that you guys have already uh, dug into on the pod. Yeah, so we cover a wide range of martial arts movies. Um, you know, a lot of, we go ev- back to the 70s, something like Enter the Dragon to something newer like The Raid and everything in between. I mean, have you guys talked? We just finished the Ninja Trilogy. Right. So, so, so like tell me the, about that. The Canon Films Ninja Trilogy. Yeah, so we are. So, right. it starts okay. with Franco Nero as a ninja. Okay. Um, and ends with, if I remember right, Sho Kasugi possessing a, a, an aerobics instructor. Is yes. that what happens in the third it's one? beautiful. So, you kind of have to watch the. Yeah. The uh, entire uh, trilogy to get the the vibe of it, but yeah, if if dude, you're interested all, in seeing, I want to see Nero you do all, to a, all the Bloodsport movies, all of the Steven Seagal we will, we've movies. We've done the first uh, Bloodsport, we've done Above the Law; those were really fun. Under we also Siege. did uh, Lionheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, that's a that's a really fun one. That one, it's a go a GoFundMe for violence. I mean, it's <laughs> I there. Steven Seagal has continued to make movies, so feel free to <laughs> just do anything. Anything he's done from 2015 Double Impact, like, isn't that Dennis Rodman? Yeah, Dennis Dennis Rodman. Yeah. My my dream film. So my dream for Punches and Popcorn is that we do Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Oh, yeah, the Brian Bosworth. Oh, yeah. Brian Bosworth, you got to do that. Movie. You guys got to do any Boz. anything Van Damme. I mean, yeah. so there oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. world is your oyster, you guys. You can do anything. Do that. Before we get to uh, these fights, let's remind people. We got a new date on, on the books for us, a new stand-up date. In yeah, a we're going to be in uh, in San Francisco, and it's part Ooh. of the a very uh, Jewish Christmas special that is happening at the Fillmore, which is going to be so much fun. Wow. Doing like a 30-minute set. That's what it's going to be on uh, December 8th. Uh, at the Fillmore in San Francisco, very excited to do that. So please nice. get your tickets for that. You can get yeah. our, our, I have the link on our uh, on our page on superscolars.com. So we got that, and then we're going to be in Denver in January. We're going to be, be in Alaska, Alaska, wow. December first through oh, the third, first through the third in Alaska. That's next week. After yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, so we're doing that. Then we'll be in San Francisco. Then in January in Denver, and then San Diego. And then uh, people have been asking us when are you coming to Cincinnati. We're going to a casino right outside of Cincinnati so on March Louisville 4th. and Cincinnati, friends. On March fourth, you can see us there. And then nice. we're going to Moon Tower in Austin, and then we're sort of figuring out what our last dates are. Still waiting to hear if we're going to get picked up on another season of The Nosebleeds. We talked about that with you guys, yep. which was our basically Cheap Seats reboot of uh, UFC. At Comedy UFC and fighting. fighting. It's oh, perfect. Yeah. Which perfect. We, we love, and that's how we got in contact. Perfect. I, we, I think we you'd mentioned Patton Oswalt yeah. kind of called us out, and it was Patton sharing that video, just a clip from the first one that's fantastic. Uh, you know, we've subscribed. We encourage all it. our listeners, everyone, check it out. It's friggin' hilarious. Thank um, you so much. Six episodes are up on uh, UFC Fight Pass right now. It's an easy First one is free on YouTube, uh, on UFC's YouTube page, but you get you a taste, see but you want to subscribe. You want to check them out. Yeah, so all, sure. the, all that stuff Absolutely. is going on. Can I, I lo- just yeah, also go. say that yeah. I'm very excited that you guys are going to Alaska after Rochester? Yeah. <laughs> so, mean, though, even we've had like an unseasonably warm past couple weeks in Rochester, yeah. but of course today it's cold and rainy. Right. And, uh, you know, we call ourselves sunny Rochester, but that's not always the memory people have. So I like that you get to go to Alaska next. And don't maybe look at me. I don't we'll live in Rochester. Yeah, I'm not. Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo <laughs> Listen, don't Al- look at me. Alaska is going to make brother. Rochester and Buffalo look like the Riviera. Right? <laughs> exactly. So. so you guys are going to want to come back. I'm excited oh, yes. to go there, though. Oh, yes. It's always cool. Like comedy, does, we were saying this today. Comedy takes us to places that we wouldn't have gone on our own, but that we're so grateful that we go to. So, so I'm glad really like cool. we know Rochester because we've been here a couple times. We understand the city. We're going to go to Alaska, which is probably not a trip I 
would ever take in December, ever. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But here we go. We're going because comedy's taking us up there. And again, like places like Denver and Salt Lake City. And, you know, these are places I don't know if we'd necessarily travel to yeah. if we had other jobs, you know. Right. So this is really cool that we get a chance to do it. And cool that we get to do this with you guys right now. Yeah, that's right, really so cool. Let's dive back into this for the first fight. Are really there are two simultaneous fights that the it's two the big final fight fights. at the end. This so is the, yeah. this is what the movie is heading towards, really. And when you think about it, this yep. is there was no way you could make this movie and not have a fight resolution. Am I right? Oh, yeah. No, uh, you have to, right? Yeah. So what was the turn? What did you guys feel like was the turn that after he was humiliated and his bike is in the water? Is that he did he ever get the bike back out of the water? Yeah, yeah. yeah. push it out. Then and then he did. Then it comes up to yeah. him. And it's yeah, like, where are you going yeah. with my bike? Yeah. Which he's not going to use. That's the worst part. Yeah, of it. The bike is shot. It, it right. was just, right. it's just I, a, a flex. If you, you know. Side so, but, note for people that... Uh, but so then what happens? I forgot. Right. It, do he just pushes it away? He gets it away from him? Or does he take I think it? Dylan stops him. He's yeah, like, oh, think, I'm going to take my, my bike. Thanks for finding it. I think once the blows start raining, the bike just gets cast aside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he, I think he turns. Doesn't he like turn around and then turn around again and slug the guy? I think so. I think there's here? a little quick action. Yeah, so it's, it's a cheap it's, shot. Yeah, it's a you cheap know shot. He's been that shot enough. It. He uh, cheap shot from, shot from from. Uh, yeah, um, Linderman. You know, turns around, then turns back around, slug haymakers the guy, and then you have some very poor boxing that occurs. I'm like, I'm watching. I'm like, but that's why. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Dom. I was gonna say that's why I love it because um, when we talked about Karate Kid, they had the. Uh, Pat E. Johnson, Mike, you mentioned where, yeah. you know, they had an actual terrific guy who did, um, you know, stunts and in, in action on fighting on Enter the Dragon. So here it, it's so sloppy and it's just how teenagers would fight. They're right. just throwing they're just throwing haymakers like yeah. it's it makes it again, like well, you said before, no, no music. This only makes it more real because this is just how teenagers who don't know how to fight would fight. It, it really makes fight, an impact. How old is that guy? I got to figure out. I'm going to I'm going to figure out how old that guy was. Hold well, on. that's another thing. So I looked like it up. A... He has he has no age like his birthday no is not where, present on the yeah, Internet because he was born in Havana. So what's I, his name? Exactly. We don't Harry, know. How it's old like Henry Salas or Hank Salas. Hank Salas. Hank Salas. Hank Salas. Age unknown. Wow. Is it age unknown? <laughs> he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. He does back to our Wikipedia versus Google battle. But he's the we'll such never a, he's, know how he's old such he is. the <laughs> typical annoying tough guy. You know, he's this guy that like he pushes yes. people around. He's like, "Hey, you think you're tough? You think you're tough? What are you doing?" And then like when he throws <laughs> down, his style is terrible. He's all hunched over. His arms are his hands aren't up. He's not protecting himself. He's just a meathead right. who who survives mm-hmm. on intimidation. But yes. when he's when he's called out on it, let's face it, he got his butt whooped he by a seventeen year old. Right. That's not a tough guy. That's talk. And so like I you know. Which, in a way, is uh, kind of reflects Matt Dillon's character because Matt Dillon's character is all talk too. He's this big talking, right. smooth talker kind of guy. Yeah. But in reality, he's just he's just kind of a, a pain. Crumbles in the ass. when yeah, someone crumbles. when someone yeah, right, right. confronts him right back. He played. He was in Doctor Detroit. Jay, do you know yeah. that? He was <laughs> in Doctor Detroit. Yep. Dan Aykroyd classic. Thanks, yep. Alice. So, uh, so he. <clears throat> he he turns and jacks him, and then the fight goes to the fence a little yeah. bit. Doesn't he kind of, like, knock him up against the fence, and yep. he knocks him down against the fence, and then he's kind of out. That's also what I love in movies as well is, like, after a guy is knocked out, like, the fight is over. Right. That guy's never going to get up and right. fight again, whereas I think in real life, maybe he would get back up and fight right. again. Right, right. 
No, it also takes a lot to knock someone out. Like, I, don't get me wrong, I love Indiana Jones, but you ever notice Indiana Jones? He throws one punch and the guy whoop, spins and knock, gets knocked out. I'm that's, like, no, no, no that's no, no. not gonna happen. It doesn't <laughs> no, even happen. Like, I was watching a video yeah. of a woman. This is like crazy. I don't know how this came across my TikTok, but a woman like hitting another woman with an aluminum bat. I mean, she's oh. cracking her with an oh. aluminum bat, and the woman's not going Ooh, down. No. She's not going down. Right. Like, Sweet. you tell me Indiana Jones has aluminum bat level strength <laughs> in his hand. <laughs> He wouldn't have been able to knock this woman down. How's he knocking these people down? Yeah. So, so he goes down, and then is there as, isn't there like a strong push against a fence? Yeah. So I said, I think, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the fence push. takes from the fence, and he goes down, and then he's out, and he's he's rubbing his bald head, which, <laughs> like the back of his head, even though he never got so hit. So I back think there. I think what the the supposition is is that if you get your ass kicked that much, you don't want to come back for more ass kicking. I'm sure. So it's almost like mutual assured destruction. It's right. like. You you know, I'm not gonna punch you anymore as long as you don't yep. come back and try yep. to take me. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. Linderman showed a lot. Of, Linderman showed a lot of crazy and knocked this guy out. Knocked yep. this seemingly middle aged. And man then out. as soon as he knocks him out, he starts rooting for Chris Clifford, P.S. to yeah. fight. Who's now yeah. squaring off and in a circle right. with Moody, which squaring is really off the, in the weirdest way ever. Yeah. I mean, his and arms circling are so, yeah. so tight. They're like the bully, bully. <laughs> right, very tight arms. Yeah. And also, like, they're circling each other, right? right. So there's a lot of that yeah. camera circling. They're imitating what they see in movies. That's, that's right. That's right. exactly right. Yeah, the that's way true. they're fighting. And yeah. the crowd has now moved over to this fight. Yeah. Right. And Linderman is like, rooting for him in the same way that he was. And I'm going to say Matt Dillon took him too lightly. Mm. Yeah. Moody took, well, he took two punches, right? Doesn't he take like an initial one that's like a surprise punch? Right. And then does does Clifford get smacked? Yeah, because he He gets knocked back. And then Linderman's like, Punch him in the nose. Right. Punch him in the nose. Punch him in the nose, right. which is like I get, which is great. Like now the question is, oh, you mean land a punch directly in the face? Yeah, that's <laughs> what all fighting is. Of right. a taller person with a longer reach. That's right. Mm. I should be yeah. able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets Don't go in for there. The single and punch gets, him in the face. <laughs> he gets in there and he hurts him. But then does he hit him again? No, yeah. no. He, well, he hits him after he breaks his nose. Gets, yeah. So he hits him in the nose twice. He hits him yeah. once and he's like hit him in the nose again and he hits him in the nose. He's like, you broke my nose. That's the end. That's the broke my nose right and and then in a beautiful twist and what i think is why this movie is great is they're walking and this now he picks up his bike which is his it's his bike his bike gets his bike back and he's walking his Mm -hmm. bike and he then gives to clifford right all the the reasons why he wants him to be his bodyguard. Right. And it's this beautiful yeah. sort of yeah. mirroring moment that came right. from earlier in the movie. And he's saying all the things that Clifford said to him, that Chris Makepeace's character said to him. And it's just great filmmaking because you feel good in that moment. You There's a sense of like, I don't have to know what comes next, but I know right. what's going to Park is next. littered with right. bloody dudes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> bloody and along for the ride, someone we haven't even mentioned yet. Is the great Joan Cusack in her debut role? Yes, yes. Shelley. Like, oh yeah, Joan that's Cusack. The first time I watched it, I was like, "Wait, where?" Joan Cusack. So I know. Yeah, she was one of the nerdy kids yeah. as well. Who Chris Makepeace struck up one small punch for man, one giant punch for nerdy men. Right. Yes, exactly. he did it. <laughs> well, and also like you get the sense that not only did he beat up. Dylan in this moment and he's not going to bother him anymore you think for a second maybe he's not going to bother any of these nerds right. anymore mm. like maybe Could he's, yeah. he's going to change and the 
the basic tenor of this school that he came to when right. it seemed like the world was against him was that he saved this school for yeah, he did people. something good for the school right. at large right well you saw it earlier when uh linderman first stood up to him or or well even before that when um Moody. what's his face clifford when clifford not told him the- like i'm just not going to pay you and there was that exchange in the locker room where the kids like well, if he's not paying you, why am I? Or why would I? Right, it's like changed the whole system. Right, and, he's and then like, we get the great thing with Linderman when <laughs> he's there and uh, what's his face, the buddy there, like walks up to him and he's like, not only is he saying you don't, I'm not going to pay you, but he's like, you owe me a year's worth of lunch. And yeah. then flips him the bird. Right. Yeah. Flips him the, the bird in the weirdest <laughs> way possible. That was the such most a, wonderful way that was, possible. That was amazing. Was a weird adding insult to injury, bird flip. Ever. And he's like, I'll never be in a movie again. And just like walked off of Hollywood sets forever. You know, so, sometimes you, you bat a thousand in one game and you just, you got to. Who is that, that kid? What record. was his name? I don't remember his name. I don't but if we. But his name is Paul, Paul Quant. Paul. Q-U-A-N-D-T. Quant. Quant. Even his I'm name is like Paul Quant. Quant. I like yeah. you know how something no is we re- quant no we quant. <laughs> Do you know how something's really interesting and and unique and maybe from a different time period and you call it quaint? Yeah, <laughs> something that only yeah. appears once in a movie should be called the quant. Quant. I like it. Quant. That, that's <laughs> a bunch of someone that oh there you go. That's a quant so, character. That's a quant. That's very yeah. how very quant. Very quant. Of, how very quant of him. So we're quanting <laughs> phrases here as we go. So go ahead, Dominic. Well, I was going to say um, since. To bring it back to the fights, you mentioned in the movie that this, you mentioned before that this movie takes its time. And I find with the fights and those fight scenes, it really takes its time, not yeah. only to immerse us in it and make us feel uncomfortable, sure. but also to connect with the characters. After the first fight, when Linderman runs away, yeah. did you notice not only do you see him run away, you see him run around the corner and then run over the bridge. Yeah, booking too. Yeah, right? and he's, he's running really as fast. fast as he can with a leather and, jacket yeah. and chair, yeah. like an it's army jacket. army jacket. Yeah, yeah. And, and all and I'm boots. thinking to myself is, I'm like, this is he is so embarrassed right now, and you get time yeah. to absorb that level of embarrassment, and they yeah. do that with all of these uncomfortable scenes. Even to Matt Dillon, after the scene where he gets, where where he's like, we can take this guy, and they all leave, and he's just sitting there staring, and he's like, okay, I'm screwed now. Yeah. They let you sit in it, and that's reality, and I like that. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's not escapist. It, right. It, it, it doesn't it, let it, you off the hook as a viewer. Yeah, you're not watching that movie at all, ever, throughout the movie, and saying, that doesn't feel real. Yeah, right. It right. all feels yeah. re- They create a world, mm-hmm. Jason, uh, Matt, if you guys feel this way, too, that... that they create a world that definitely skewed more towards reality. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, one, 100%, absolutely. It, it definitely felt like it was, you know, a, a heightened realism, but realism nonetheless. Like, it definitely could have been any high school at any time. And I, I think that was kind of the impact of it. I, I got this confused at first when we started talking about doing this, that it was three o'clock high with Casey's right. Zemaskis. So I was just <laughs> thinking of that, which is the most stylized fighting ever. So I've so I've yeah. shown my son, who's four, almost 14 now. Don't fuck this up, Mitchell! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Smokes a cigarette. It was a good read. Uh, that's a great one, Buddy Riddell. R- Buddy Riddell. Buddy Riddell. Buddy Riddell. Buddy Riddell or Buddy Riddell, yeah. Buddy Ravel. Uh, so 
Yeah. So um, the sound of the crunch of his hands on his leather coat on the side <laughs> is my favorite thing. And then when he releases the money. I mean, so that is a great movie. And this is a great movie. And my son, who's of this current age and this yeah. current generation, he loved both of them. Nice. He loved how stylized nice. 3 O'Clock High was. But he also loved My Bodyguard because he... Yeah very much felt the reality of it and felt the emotions of the characters. And yeah. he like related to the kids and he related to the moments. And so, you know, for those people who are like, you can't make movies like that anymore because kids don't have attention spans like that. No, he's watched it yeah. around the age that when we watched this and yeah. he loved it. Yep. So yeah. that's kind of interesting to yeah. me. I think it's really, really, it's one of my favorite high school movies that isn't a comedy right if that makes sense yeah like, for sure i don't know how many yeah because three o'clock high is kind of funny it's dark right. though it's very very dark three o'clock high is, it is dark definitely dark but like my one of my but, favorite high school movies that wasn't a comedy is i would say my bodyguard i just put oh, it up yeah. there well it also it lacks kind of the stereotypical things that um it came after it like the clicks you know you, you watch, watch a movie and you got like okay the jocks you, you know you nerds. got the jocks and you the got the nerds guy. and you got the punks and they have crazy yeah. hair yeah, and then right. you got the cheerleaders and right. then you got the the av club and yeah. it's like yeah. it's like that's not really what it like most kids are just like kids you know and in this right. movie they were just yeah. kids they weren't like all their identity that's only gonna last them till they're 18 right. they they were like people you know and right they acted normal and and i feel like it wasn't overdone in a way that subsequent movies you were. know what it's one of my favorite high school movies of all time and comedies of all time no, anyway, oh, no okay. question is Fast Times at Ridgemont High, yes. and I think oh, yeah. had you know, a lot of both, but had a lot of both. Fast Times straddled that, and the great Amy Heckerling, who we yeah. know from our early days in, in L.A. What oh, really? A, what a wonderful person, so nice. smart and cool. Yes. You know, she straddled the line of, like, some tackling some really serious stuff in that, and then at the same time, it was, like, super fun and weird, and mm, yep. Spicoli's yep. dream is just yep. bizarre. <laughs> so anyone want to take a guess what the uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, score, aggregate score was of this movie? I yeah. already know, so I'm not going to say anything. So don't right. say it, Dom. I think um, I'm going to put in the 70s. Okay, Matt, what do you think? Well, hit a number if you can. Okay, hit a number. I'll say uh, 72. All right, Matt, what do you think? See, I, I was going to shoot a little under. I was going to go 68. Jason, what do you think? I already know, so I have to. All right, so done. I don't know, so I'm going to say 77. Okay, get your answers in. Shout at your ham radios if you're listening. Uh, it was a 79. <laughs> 79! Nice. 79. Hey, hey. 60, that's, 69 that's really audience score, though. A lower <laughs> audience score than than the critics, wow. which is sort of interesting because usually it's the other way around. Well, I wonder how did of, that yeah. move, What did it gross? Do we know? Look on Box Office I Mojo. I looked and it was like $22 million. Or something. I could 22 be wrong. million for a lower. That's pretty good. Adjusted. Yeah, that's like $5, $4 tickets, right. probably. $3. So I meant to look up like four, an inflation three, calculator. Yeah. I wanted to know how much is a buck in well, this 1980s. Isn't like, there a calculator? Not just a buck, but the cost, cost of, of a movie. Movies. Oh, no, I meant for the, the buck that he had to pay. Oh, you know, right. Oh, was for, it a buck a day Moody, or something? A buck a day. That's a chunk of change. Yeah, That's a chunk of change for now for sure. a kid. Sure. Oh, yeah, 200 I mean, bucks yeah. or whatever it is. It's like 100. No, it's 180. So I know this because I just looked at my daughter's like school calendar. It's 180 school days. Yep. So if it's just the days of school that you're there, it's 180 bucks. It's a lot of money. Yeah. So what was it? Man, it's so much easier in college. Box office mojo, do you know it? Oh, this is the. It's body. twenty. It's twenty-two million. It shows on. 
22 million. Um, 22 million. So that's, that's how much a buck a day is? It's no. not 20 million. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 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 I mean, yeah, you got to count for inflation. So 22 million to me would be today probably equivalent of about 80, 85 million. Yeah, that's like a respectable that's, amount. Yeah, that sounds right. That's an unbelievable it's a amount. Good yeah. For a and it really, like, so you look at the movie and we talked about, like, the cast for this, but it, yes, like Ruth Gordon. And uh, she didn't ask for that Matt much. Mall, like <laughs> Martin Mall, Martin Mall, yeah, like they're like they're more known, but they aren't like it's not like this is Hepburn here. Collectively, um, they didn't get more than five hundred thousand right. dollars to do this movie. And really, the big names for sure. it are all you know the Baldwin, Dylan, Cusack. Also, Those... Jennifer Beale apparently is in this and un- really? is an uncredited. Un- yeah, she's just one I of see high her. school kids. Yeah, she's one of Shelley's like, friends. Yeah. Apparently, I couldn't pick yeah. her. So, out. who said eighty million? But, they uh, said like seven frames. Seven Seventy nine point five seven said eighty million. Wow, that's pretty good for so me. I, can I just <laughs> call Converter. you now anytime I have sure. inflation questions? Apparently, <laughs> that's right. inflation, but that's not like necessarily like the cost of a movie ticket has oh, yeah. inflated more than the I think the rate of inflation. So I think it might be more because you I figure. Would, I believe it. My point being that if it's you probably made about eight million, movie. probably about eight million people watched this movie and yeah. movies cost 15 to 20 dollars right movie tickets yeah, right. 15 on average so really you're talking more like between 100 and 120 million dollars that's what yep. this movie if made. someone made a movie a high school movie today with those stars in it getting commanding what they got it probably, probably marketing about, probably about 40 50 million to mm. do the whole deal and, and then, then it, it makes you away. 60 yeah it's a huge success come yeah, on yeah, that's right. pretty good and and it's and i agree that it stands the test of time although i do feel like a lot of people today know what ferris my kids know what ferris bueller's day off is. Right. they know what the breakfast club is like those are iconic this movie failed to sort of live in iconic status and maybe right. it's because of the fighting in it what do you guys venture to think i think it's, it's because it's so i think it's raw. because it's so raw and yeah. so realistic yeah. that it, it doesn't have the the cheese, if you will, right. of an eighties movie. Eighties movies are cheesy. Right. They're light. They're over the top. And I think like Ferris Bueller is even over the top. It's crazy sure. circumstances. Oh, it has very top. serious moments in it. Scene. Right. But it's silly. It's a silly movie. And most yeah. teen movies are over the top. They're idealized. And even- I feel like this movie is so realistic. And it's also subdued. It's slow. It it's it it made me think. I, I feel like it doesn't have the popcorn movie feel to it, and right. unfortunately, right. it's a little grittier. Matt, what you're gonna yeah. say? I I was gonna say I think it really is kind of that. It, it's John Hughes. I don't want to lay the entire thing on John Hughes. No, but he but started this a and, movie. and Fast Times that you mentioned before. You know, these are like the last couple uh, high school movies before the John Hughes. Take kind over. of explosion. I mean, there was right. last, yeah. Ameri- yeah. last American Virgin. That was like a dark oh, yeah. Valley movie. Girl. Yeah. Last American Virgin. Those yeah. were again, but those had darker sides to them. Right. Those had, and it's also before right. they. Yeah, they figured out like you were just saying, Matt, that the sheen of the John Hughes teenage experience because he'd cast like twenty year olds, so they were through that awkward phase with acne and like greasy looking. But in this movie, they're re- these are really teenagers, sixteen yeah. and right. eighteen year olds. So it it just makes a difference. Like even just the subject matter. There's like you know Adam Baldwin's whole thing about killing his brother. Like you're not yeah, getting that in John Hughes. That's so super dark. I think sure. that's what that reality sort of separates it and right. it hasn't been you know turned into a you know like a, a machine yet of the the teen movie you know genre i, yeah. I wanted to get I, another I, look don't you agree matt go ahead 
I was going to say, I think if you came back to it now, if you were to, you know, reboot my bodyguard, it would end up being, you know, a limited thing on Hulu or something like that, where it would be a six episode yeah. thing where it spaces yeah. out <laughs> right. and, and you can actually kind of jump into those because it feels like teen movies anymore right. need those beats where it has to be that kind of over the top. You right. know, it, it feels like it could be a storyline on reservation dogs, or I would argue pen 15. I don't know if you guys have oh, been watching yeah. pen 15. Yeah, such a my wife I've loves it. Lots says of, I it would be perfect in pen 15. So pen 15, so pen 15 did an episode about, um, the Asian girl's mother, who actually is her mother, Maya Erskine's mm -hmm. oh, really? mother, her real yeah. mom, her real mom plays, oh, this really? which is insane. And yeah, the whole movie or the whole episode is in Japanese oh, cool. and it's all about wow. how she runs into it's she has a white husband and is a jazz drummer who's a jazz drummer okay. and and you know she does everything for the whole family and right. in and the sort of beginning of the episode is very much how they don't appreciate all the stuff she does and it's like her morning routine of like 25 things before they even get out the door and as parents Randy and I do all those oh, things yeah. we oh, understand yeah. that that's Same. true Same. okay she gets through all that and then she just and no one appreciates anything of it at all yep. she gets out the door <laughs> and she goes to the supermarket and she sees her ex-husband from yeah. before who she used to be a translator with for like musicians when they came to Japan. Oh, okay. So like Stevie wonder and those are people like that. Like they were translators for them. Oh, cool. And so the whole episode, she kind of acts like she doesn't see him and then gets him to sort of recognize her in the supermarket. And then they spend the whole day together and go back to his hotel room. And it's like all in Japanese and subtitles. Totally takes his time. Really beautiful thing. And you're thinking to yourself, man, she's not being respected at home. This guy's kind of like this. And then over the course of the day, you kind of start to understand why they broke up. And you get the feeling of why they're not really supposed to be together. And she leaves without anything happening, even though something totally Spoiler could have happened. Jeez, whatever. <laughs> and she comes. Who cares? I it's care. just one episode. It's just one episode. <laughs> and she comes back home to be with her family, and I won't tell you what happens. But okay. But nice. there is. But that I think about that in relationship to this movie, sure. in that it, it takes its time. Took its time. Wasn't afraid. Wasn't afraid to go into some raw places. Wasn't afraid. And every single moment in that episode, and every single moment in this movie, feels earned. Yeah. Everything feels yes. earned. And the yes. other thing that I think is really remarkable that I know we've talked on our show a lot about, um, especially now. So the movie's just scratching over 90 minutes long. Right, right. It's And now, like anything, it, like a, the Peanuts movie or something will be like three and a half hours long. <laughs> like we just can't. And so it's, I love, I love, love when a director that can it's tell. Tight. Um, it's tight, but they can take their time. Did you want you, more? Like, no, you know me with this. This is my, yes. this, I complain about this so much. The length of movies. Why are movies so damn long? Oh, yeah. Why? There's Why? usually a few I, moments that you don't need. Yeah. I, I, I love comic book movies, but I'm like, Batman does not need to be three hours. No. I say it, I've said it a hundred times. If you listen to Punches of Popcorn, you're like, oh, he's at this again. Yeah. But yeah, this, I, I love a movie that's, I think, I think brevity is a skill. 
Yeah. I really do. And Especially I think if this can, movie skillfully handles that. It is artfully it, handled in that way. Mm-hmm. It is. And I think for us to artfully handle it, I feel like we're... Uh, yeah, okay, let's, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Let's do it. So let's wrap it up. Let's do our best Tom Bill and... We, so we don't want to spo- spiral on brevity. Yeah, so Jason and Matt, to wrap this thing up, your guys' overall feeling, I, mean, I think I know where it is, towards this movie. A, would you recommend it? And however you kind of finish things up on your podcast, uh, please, please, again, any final remarks? I would absolutely recommend this. It's it's a film that I don't think I saw. Uh, I, I saw it on HBO when I was maybe five and then never revisited. I mentioned before, you know, it yeah. was, I, I thought it was the Casey's Zemaska movie. But having watched <laughs> it again last night, absolutely. It's It's got such a, a heart to it. And, and it, it, like you said, it stands the test of time. It's going on, you know, almost 50 years old and it's still great. Like it's, nice. it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, so I, I would absolutely recommend it awesome. wholeheartedly. I, I feel like it's an unsung classic. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I'm right with you. Um, just that proto-teen movie thing that I've been preaching about. It's, it's just so refreshing. We um, also, coming back to something we already talked about, um, Enter the Dragon felt like that when, I'm sorry, Enter the Ninja. Enter I keep the, doing that. I apologize. But it, it, with Frank O'Neill, like it's, it's sort of like before the rails were put on the genre and there's just something fresh and interesting about that. And also just, you know, as a fan of movies and in the whole Hollywood system, like seeing Matt Dillon and Joan Cusack so young, there's, there's, there's just a lot to, to love and, and take from this in terms of, you know, what I've just mentioned. Agreed. Right. Uh, Mike, what do you think? And then we'll close with Dom. It's great. It's uh, so because we, we traffic in martial arts films. Right. It's funny when I first watched this, I was like, oh man, it's missing the training montage. Yeah, yeah. This. But honestly, a lot of the bones of this movie really are present in Karate Kid, and which is why this mm-hmm. came up when we had that discussion. Yes. And I like the very different movies. So, you know, we talk about, well, this doesn't have like the popcorn flash, but Karate Kid does. And they're very different that I feel. I do like this a lot. That This does feel very real and it's interesting um, you know, because I've seen some things say like, well, this should come back because we're putting so much attention on anti-bullying. But I'm like, a lot of the anti-bullying like stuff that's in schools is very like, don't fight. But uh, I mean, I'm a parent too. Like, you know, there's a point where like, you got to stand look, up for there's, yourself. You can only like be nice and have mom call so much. At some point, you got to stand up for yourself. And yeah. I kind of like that they're not afraid to go there. Yeah. And even just the thing yeah. that we talked about that final fight, like. Yeah, Adam Baldwin could have stepped in and I'm sure kicked his butt. Yeah. But instead, he's like, no, I'm going to help you. Like, you need this. You need yeah. the confidence to go up against him. And I'm sure even if he had ended up losing, like, it still would have been the thing that I have stood up to this. I faced it. I'm not scared anymore. So his and... peace at school, like Jay said, is earned. Right. It exactly. Fully earned. All right, exactly. Dominic, I know you're going to feel the way that he, when you compare the Karate Kid in this, other episode of, that we did with you guys. Uh, it's like you said there, you, you have pathos for Moody an evil yeah. guy. Like, did we ever once except at the very end when Johnny, when Johnny grabs shakes, the trophy yeah. and says, you did great. You're okay. Right. You're okay. You're okay That's the only moment that we have that pathos, but like you, you're seeing it three or four points in this movie. And you yeah. Think that yeah. Helps I think, out. and that's what I, I, and one of the things I really like about this movie is it's, it's a teen movie for people who don't like, Teen movies, movies. Yeah. And because it's ah, about I like yeah, be, and and I love I love 
genre pieces for people who don't like that genre yes. because I feel and and it's because it, like you said, Jay, it's because it's early, but also because the characters are realistic and they're not selling you a fantasy. They're not selling you Hardly. this um this 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 overly dramatic, overly glossy thing. They're trying to make you put you into it, and I feel like most teen movies are for adults that are idolizing their past That's and looking right, at, you know, they're like, Oh, look, I remember when I was a kid, you got the hot girl and the cheerleader and the bully <laughs> and the da, da, da. that wasn't probably wasn't how it was. You're all a bunch of doofy kids trying to figure it out and right. trying to navigate kind of an ugly time in your life. I consider my teenage years ugly. I definitely looked ugly, sure. but it was an <laughs> ugly time. And I think, and I feel like this time was ugly for everyone, but there's still a lot of hope because you're young and who knows what's going to happen. And I think that's one of the things that the grandma was trying to say. It's like, clearly your life sucks now, but you're just a kid. And who knows what you're going to be? Right. Yeah, I see, see it, it on, on your hand. hand. I see your future. Exactly. But she's just saying, I see, I know what it's going to be. Yeah. It's going to get better. Right. So it's I found this better. movie to be dark and gritty and ugly at times, but also hopeful because yeah. like I said, in 20 yeah. years, they're all going to come back for their their 20 year reunion and be like, "Hey, man, it's cool. Have a beer, and everything's going to be cool." I, I agree. Out of any movie, that that's the way it was. So, I mean, Jay, you know, we we Jason Sklar, you and I both feel like this is one of our favorite. Like, I put this in the category of classics in our life, like a Breaking Away, like a Bad News Bears. It kind of came around that same time, yep. and so they were all telling these stories where the the heroes didn't always win in the end or if they did win it was earned in certain ways and it was very realistic so i mean i'm such a huge fan i would say to our fans this is coming out on the friday of thanksgiving watch the movie over the weekend yeah check it out like if you're looking for something to do over your thanksgiving weekend it's a really cool give it a watch about. and then uh subscribe tweet, to punch subscribe and to punch the popcorn and tweet at us and them and give us your thoughts on this movie. yeah i would love yeah, to hear your you guys think. thoughts on my bodyguard if you've never seen it before check it out tell us what you think about it have a great thanksgiving weekend thanks Absolutely. to these guys for letting us do this thank you and i'm glad that we could be on thank you we're, we're doing ours on yours and yours on ours and uh this is a wonderful uh meshing of two go great punch podcasts. A waterfall go punch a waterfall <laughs> we're out <laughs>